Yeah, and he was like, Jeremy Jordan's in it. This was the way to get me to literally do anything. Like, you could have told yeah. me Jeremy Jordan was at the bottom of, like, a soup can, and I would have eaten the soup <laughs> just to see. Yes, yeah, you know there, I mean? there he is. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. Cute. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 73 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your family's 4th of July cookouts production of 1776 Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. It's like you gotta take a big deep breath when you say that. I do. <laughs> oh, in case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That is right, that is right. Mm-hmm. And you can leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please do that to help other theater nerd listeners find us. That's right. To find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on the gram and the Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing the last five years, a deep dive. I'll start us off. As of listening to this, a week ago today was the Jimmy Awards. Oh, yes. And they swept the nation. It's all over my TikTok. It's crazy. There are so many good medleys. Also, some interesting song choices, not going to lie. The comment section of the live stream. Did you watch it, Taylor? I have not watched it as of recording this. It's three hours long. It's so... I did not watch all of it, but I started <laughs> watching it, and then I read the comment section. It's really crazy. Also, like, you know, some of the song choices that are individual, like that the individuals sing are, they get to choose, but then others, you know, like the Mm -hmm. big production numbers where they're using songs from the current season and songs, uh, classic songs, you know, Mm -hmm. the individual um, artists don't get to choose that. That's the director of the Jimmy Awards and other production people who choose what those numbers are going to be and so, and how they're put together in the medley they choose their their solo song but not yes the but that's it numbers, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i'm like y'all can we also just be kind that these are young people very yeah. talented young people yeah anyway. lots of amazing performers have come from the jimmy awards yes tell Lizana, them who. ryan mccartan um renee rapp andrew barth feldman yeah. Um, also, congratulations to the two winners this year, Lauren A. Marchand, who was representing from New York, New York, and Langston Lee, who was representing from Austin, Texas. Um, very exciting for them. Yeah. I feel like when Renee Rapp and Andrew Barth Feldman won, that was the first year that they, like, actually, like, went to Broadway like pretty much right away <laughs> immediately like yeah. immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was in um I want to say 
It was in 2018. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that was a while ago. And funny enough, that year, hosted by Laura Benanti, and in this movie that Andrew Barth Feldman's in, No Hard Feelings, which I have seen and is very fun. Jennifer Lawrence, big fan of Jennifer Lawrence. Andrew Barth Feldman is hilarious in it. It ends up being, it's also not as raunchy as the commercials are making it out to be. That makes sense. And B, Andrew Barth Feldman is just hilarious. And Laura Benanti plays his mother in the movie. <gasps> and oh my gosh. Him, uh, Laura Benanti and Matthew Broderick play his parents. And yes, (laughs) it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. And it actually, the movie ends. Not this isn't a big spoiler, but they're just like friends in the end, and and it's really sweet. It's like a really sweet like. Is it kind of like Easy A? Like this is it's giving Easy A, but like opposite genders. Well, when I went to go and see this, I was telling my wife about it, and she was like, "So this is just failure to launch, is what this is." Um... And I was like, "Yeah, I guess you're kind of (laughs) right." But opposite. Um, I don't know what it's giving. I mean, it's just it's just a sweet, like, fun comedy. It's not really we like that. Easy we need that. I know, I know. It's very nice. And Jennifer Lawrence is great. And I mean, she's I I think she's like one of the best actresses of our generation. But yeah, I love her. <laughs> yeah. And he sings in it, and he's so good. There's just one part he's where so he sings in it, and the the song he sings has to do with like the thematic points of the movie like there's a part in the movie where they talk about this song and then like 30 minutes later he sings it so it has to do with like the themes in the movie and it's so good I so. love that Aww. Jimmy Awards what do we know why it's called the Jimmy Awards um I, I'm I feel like we talked about it at one point maybe we the did. Jimmy Awards I know I'm on the website now and I'm like should I know this is called the Jimmy Award in celebration of James M. Niederlander's career, long dedication to mm. supporting young talent. James M. Niederlander, or Jim, Jimmy of the Niederlander organization. Niederlander Theater, currently, where Shucked is playing on Broadway. It is true. I have <laughs> been, can confirm. Rachel has and been. They first, and they first yeah. started in 2009. I think that we had mentioned that maybe last week when we were talking yeah. about the Jimmy Awards, but maybe we didn't. And going so strong. Yeah, so the, I mean, but this is, it's still relatively new when it comes to this mm-hmm. and award shows and the precedent that this sets. So that's, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. They should have a little section about it in the Tony Awards. I feel like they, I agree. Yeah, they didn't really talk about it. I don't know. Maybe because it wasn't scripted. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I loved the part when they were all rehearsing and then Ben Platt and Noah Galvin came in. Did you see this? Yeah. yeah. So sweet. It's so cute. Yeah. And also we'll Theaterly, Theaterly, who um, often the interviews are done by Tyler Joseph um, Smith. Is that his name? Tyler think... Joseph Ellis? Ellis. Ellis, that's what it is. Yes. I, I just, isn't Tyler, isn't that like a Book of Mormon thing? Um, <laughs> character? Um, Probably. Joseph Smith. Yeah. Um, he interviewed like some of the, Oh, uh, nominees, and it was just so. They were so all just cute. like so sweet they're and so sweet lovely, and they're I so know. talented. I know, so cute. Yeah. Well, continuing on our buzz, what's the on buzz? Sweet and cute people. Yeah, sweet and cute people. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 I mean, I think we cannot talk about, of course, Hamilton becomes. 
the first original Broadway cast recording to be certified diamond by the uh, RIAA. <laughs> and you know what's wild about this is Hamilton's cast recording came out the day that my wife and I started dating. So September 25th, 2015, in case anybody wanted to know. I did want to know. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's a, it's it's a part of our marriage, really, is what it is. Forever and always. And... Um, I remember the time I I played her. One of the first songs I heard from the Hamilton soundtrack was the um, You'll Be Back. And that was like the first song I played for her. And she was back. Cutting the mood. Yeah, yeah. She came back. Um, Yeah, the and ever since then, Hamilton has consistently, in the overall iTunes chart, has consistently been in the top 20 since 2015. And sometimes Wild. it's jumped up. It's been in the top 10. It's been, like, obviously when, like, the the Disney Plus Pro Shot came out, like, it was in the top, it was, like, number three or five or whatever. And it's just wild. I mean, it's just crazy. And then when you go specifically to soundtracks, it's obviously, like, number two or three. It's been there since 2015. So that's just crazy. I mean, it's just wild. I did, didn't I tell you about the story um, when I was living at home right after graduating college and there would be this like group of pipsqueak neighborhood kids and they were singing um hamilton songs as they walked around the neighborhood and you were like get off my lawn (laughs) and, and i was like this is hysterical because when i was a kid and i would sing musical theater i would be they'd be like what is that like the people like these pipsqueaks We'll be like, what are you singing? Like, what yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know? And yeah. now it's cool to to know things and to be in the know and right. musical theater. And what was even more crazy was when we went to see In the Heights, Tay, the mm-hmm. same group of Pipsqueak kids started to sing some of the In the Heights songs. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it's one of those moments, like, I know that I say that Hamilton is overhyped, but I do understand that it really is a cultural phenomenon and like it really has changed the landscape of what theater is and also how people, which is maybe more important, how people outside of the theater landscape perceive theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what sure. that looks like and who can be a part of theater and what reimagining history on the stage can look like. So we would yeah. not have an all uh, female non-binary cast trans cast of 1776 without hamilton like we would true. not have true and and like something like sus which came yeah at the public theater Absolutely. last year like that would not exist right and even even when you i mean we're going to talk about the show in just a second but even something like camelot yeah i mean obviously philip Sue, but i mean even just the the colorblind casting of that show i think yeah. maybe you know, 10 years ago, it would have just been an all-white cast Absolutely. revival. Yeah. So definitely has changed it's casting in general, yeah. which is exciting. Yes. Um, and even Speaking things of- like Shocked and Some Like It Hot have changed and, and, and Juliet have changed casting for, mm-hmm. Absolutely. for shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. What's next? I was going to say, speaking of casting, mm. um, we got some cute news this This week. is really exciting i just gotta say where casey cott 
will mm. make his Broadway debut in Moulin Rouge, the wow. musical. As Christian, wow. yes. <laughs> I like how it Thank specifically you know, does say as Christian, so no one gets like confused, confused. about who he's gonna play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Casey Cott, claim to fame from Riverdale. Mm-hmm. You yeah. might also know him as Corey Cott's younger brother. Right, Casey. right, right. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so great. And also, yeah. I'm very nervous for him. I think he's going to be amazing. And he has also, a great voice. This, I know, but this is a big role. Yeah. He's got big shoes to fill. He does. Aaron's shoes. Yeah. Aaron's shoes. But I think this will bring Derek a Lana. new group. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be yeah. bring a new group. And this is so crazy. Like, I really did not think that Moulin Rouge would last this long on Broadway. Oh, and really? really? No. I mean, it won Best Musical. I mean, but it's a still. very popular brand, though, because even people that don't like yes. musicals. So I was talking to people at work the it's other day about Chicago. musicals. Yeah. But even the people that don't like musicals, I was talking to people at work, like, they were like, oh, but I do like Moulin Rouge. Like, people, like, that's yeah. a... It's because it's it, but it's so it's such an interesting moment of like doing the best at in in my opinion for a jukebox musical right. while also still giving the people who love Broadway Broadway things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the comment section of this Instagram post um, <laughs> is just absolutely crazy. Someone says Pete Davidson question mark. Someone else said weird choice. Someone else said, oh, I thought this was Corey, not Casey. <laughs> um, do you see this one that says, thank fuck, he deserves something better? <laughs> amazing. Yes, like, then, then the Riverdale musicals. Yes. Right. Of course, this is coming off his seven years. I mean, it's more than seven years. It's like nine years because of the pandemic. Like nine year run on Riverdale. Um, I actually, in a, I'm a big fan. I think we talked about it on the show because we talked about yes. the musical sequences on our TV yes. TV yeah. recap episode of musicals and I'm actually I'm a big fan of Riverdale I have not watched the last like three seasons but <laughs> I haven't watched like the last four when there was a time yeah. hop basically that was before that the season before that I ended I watched when they graduated high school and then they did a time jump and that's the last yes. thing I watched um I so I that. I'm eager to see how it ends so because also because I follow um I only know, I don't, do I know their real names? Veronica and Betty. Lily Reinhardt. <laughs> yes, Lily Reinhardt. And um, what's her name? Why can't I, I don't remember? Know. Who knows? Um, I follow them and they, they keep posting photos of them like being in the 50s. So does it go back in time? I'm very confused. I don't know what's happening. You've watched more um, than me. I also want, I want this role of Christian to just be like, um, Seymour and Little Shop of it yes. just having great people. Seymour like, and Roxanne. I want yes. I want Jeremy Jordan in it now. I want um what's his name from company that I can't Matt Doyle. I want Matt Doyle in there. Oh, um, I love that. I want who else has played Seymour? Um, I don't know. Daniel Radcliffe want... would be great as uh Christian. That would be fun, like a little wow. different, a different version of Christian. <laughs> Right, or Jonathan guy? Groff is Christian in Mulan that would be Come on. Crazy. Yeah. I just want all the people that have played Seymour in the off Broadway little shop to be Christian <laughs> as well. So I love that. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? What right. else is on the bus? 
Um, well, we can talk about that Bailey McCall is going to join MJ as Rachel. You know, what's so funny is I had a friend, I think it was at, it must have been at work, because we were talking about Broadway, and she was like, oh, I saw MJ in New York, and it was amazing, and they were talking about how amazing it was, and I was like, was it though? <laughs> was it though? Yeah, you and me, was it yeah. though? This see, I'm more surprised about MJ staying on than Moulin Rouge. I'm like, how is this still running? I, I know. know. That's fair. It's, I just forget I it's there, honestly, low-key. Honestly. That and is freaking Neil Diamond gonna run forever too? Like, are these how long I don't are these know because that performance, I will say again at the Tony Awards was straight up garbage. It was <laughs> so awful. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about know. your Coke Outs production. Yeah. <laughs> it was more like karaoke. <laughs> and it Will wasn't Swenson. the performer's part. Far, uh, fart? Wow. It well, I mean, maybe. It wasn't, it wasn't really their fault. It was just all of it. It was the camera work. It was the audience yeah. participation. It was terrible. Speaking of something I'd like to participate in, um, it's at the Kennedy Center. Where yes. this was. Yeah, we just talked about this production too, this concert. Yeah. So yeah. um rent and concert is coming to the Kennedy Center, which I, mm-hmm. I know that we mentioned, but we didn't know who the cast is gonna be. Ali Stroker, Miles Frost, Jimmy Harrod, um, Andrew Bartheldman, and Alex Bonella Boniello. Incredible. How do you say his name? I don't yeah. know, but I love him. And yeah. I cannot believe that all these people are going to be in the show. Someone says, I'm passing away. OMG. Yes, that's how I feel. That is yeah. exactly Again, Andrew Barth Feldman's such an interesting choice to play Roger. I think he's playing, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, is he playing Roger? Oh, no, he's playing Mark. No, he's, he's playing, playing Mark. Mark. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense. That makes like, more sense. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I mean, Alex Boniello is playing Roger, right? Yes, I would love to see this. I don't know if I mean, I cannot believe Ali Stroker is going to play Maureen. It's I I mean, just it looks freaking fracking amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I yeah, what a great cast. Very young, very like I can't wait to see how they read. I mean, I know it's in concert, but I can't wait to see how they do this differently. Mm-hmm. And will this lead to a revival of Rent on Broadway? I mean, they already had a off-Broadway revival like ten years ago, which is wild. I know, but, but that would be wild. That would be crazy. Post tick tick boom in the post. Maybe that's what Leah Michelle is doing when she said she's doing something that she's never done before. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Okay, tell us the sad news, Hey. Yeah, so our final piece of buzz this week, um, as of recording this, you know, there may be buzz coming after this week, um, but we'll talk about it next week, of course. But um, Camelot, which we already mentioned, will close on Broadway in July. I was telling Rachel before we were recording that this isn't that surprising. Like, it didn't win any Tonys. It wasn't a big splash, even in the whole season. Like, people were just kind of mad about it. Um, and, I mean, the cast is amazing. 
but I think the the update like the updates weren't from Aaron Sorkin weren't maybe what brought life to the as much life to the production maybe as people thought yeah and and as I as I overheard at Chuck during intermission they did they they really someone was like they did her dirty they Mm -hmm. did Philip Sue dirty and someone else said you know that it like they wanted more from the show that Mm -hmm. it was a long show for nothing was basically what they said and now that's obviously two people's opinion and they also had opinions about Chuck that I didn't agree with so there's Mm -hmm. that but I I think looking at the numbers it it post they posted revenue for what this last week or last the week before last was and it it slipped to less than 80 percent capacity and it went down over a hundred thousand dollars for the week so yeah that's a bummer that's a big loss and that's in a a huge theater too it's It's a ginormous theater so that's the this is the other thing that i constantly think we don't talk about enough and maybe tay we'll we should do a whole thing about like physically the theaters yeah um, i don't know how we'll do that as a non-visual platform but we'll figure it out um because it really matters which theater you choose and how mm-hmm. your sets function and mm-hmm. how much costume and wigs and prod like all of your production design costs matter when it comes to revenue you can keep a show with two performers and minimal you know, sets and a very small venue alive for a lot longer if you want to, even at 80% capacity, Mm -hmm. than you could a big theater. Yeah. Also, because if I go to a theater, you know, I've, we have a local theater here, which I I really love them. And they probably think I'm a crazy woman because I (laughs) constantly show up there and know no one, but there's like 15, 25 seats maybe. And it is, I, I think when there's like one or two people missing from those seats, like obviously it's noticeable, but it also makes sense. It's like, I mm-hmm. understand that someone maybe bought a ticket and didn't show up. When I show up to a production where there are like this happened at 1776, there are thousands of seats and like four or five rows in front of me are basically empty. I feel it feels terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and it still good. might be 80% capacity both ways, numbers-wise. But the feel of it, whether I'm going to come back and what audiences take away, it, it feels different. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll, you know, hopefully... I got sad. It's also sad. That's... Yeah, it is sad. Hopefully more shows won't announce closing, but it is a reality sometimes but we'll yeah. keep you posted on all of that and that's our buzz for this week now we're going to transition of course as you guys know we're doing a deep dive this week on a musicale Music and um for those that may be wondering what we're going to do with why aren't we talking about plays enough don't worry rachel and i have come to something finally a year and a half into this podcast and figured out a way to um, (laughs) talk about plays a little bit more so that is coming it is coming in the future don't worry and we're Um, workshopping the title we're workshopping a title that's right can't tell you what it Um, is yet (laughs) (laughs) exactly so uh but this week of course, this is episode 73 for you guys now, but we have not done a deep dive since episode 55. So just a yeah. recap on what a deep dive is. Yeah, exactly. One of us um, is tasked with picking a show or a person sometimes, or even a TV Ooh. show that's about musicals. Ooh. Uh, wow. And, uh, oh, yeah, I did that. 
Yeah, that was you. <laughs> and was we are, um, we, one of us thinks about that and then we don't tell the other person That's right. what it is until the live reaction right here. So you already know what we're talking about because we said it in the intro and it's also in the title, but Taylor right. does not yeah. know because it was my pick this time. Right. Yeah. No for those who don't know, we record the intro after the deep dive because yes. we're that committed to this. We yeah. commit to this bit. We do. So he yeah. has no idea. No, I don't. And I, mean, I think I kind of misled him last week when I was like, oh, I might do this and as my, like this oh. kind of thing as my pick. And I didn't. Before we start, I'm so sorry. I watched an interview with Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman, and they were trying to guess each other's, like, to see if they knew each other really well. And Andrew Barth Feldman said, what's my favorite musical? And she she said, like, these funny, like, what did she say? Like, Did she say Cats? I think she said Hamilton. And then, she, oh, she said Dear Evan Hansen, like, as a joke, which I thought was funny. <laughs> And then he was like, no, Rachel, you'll be very happy to know this. It's Seussical. <laughs> and she went, what the hell is Seussical? <laughs> and that's Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. why you yeah. need to come and listen to one of our deep dives yeah. about Seussical. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm we ready. I'm sorry. I had to tell you that story. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Well. Um, should I just play the music and hope it works? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Yay! She won't work till half past ten. Oh, yay! So, Tay, what show are we talking about? We're talking about the last five years. And you know what's great about this is my wife and I just celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary. I love this. <laughs> the last so, five years. Yeah. I was thinking if there, there were a few reasons why I picked this show. Mm, yeah. Number one, I was thinking through shows that we have experienced together. Yeah. And I was thinking about, I also then was thinking about shows that remind me of summer like mm, and there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a song which we'll talk about mm-hmm. um and I can't think about like summer stock or other things without thinking about these two things number one the second movie of uh the sisterhood of the traveling pants yes. like I truly oh, can't I love think that. it's better than, better, one. One. better than the first better than the first one yes, yes. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> We don't always agree, just in case you're joining us for the first time. That's awesome. And I recently just watched both of them again, and it is better. Although, you know what's funny? I'm so sorry. We're doing a tangent on Sister of the Traveling Pants. Yeah, let's do it. But Mm -hmm. um, Amber Tamblyn and um, Bridget – no, no, not Bridget. I'm sorry. Amber Tamblyn and Nina, the the one that goes to Greece – their stories are the best in the first one, but then Bridget and, and the um, America Freya, what's her name in it? I can't, um, Carmen, Carmen, Carmen. Her, their stories <laughs> yeah. are the worst in the first one. And it's the opposite in the second yes. one. Yeah. Bridget and Carmen are the best in the second one. And Tibby and 
Nina are the worst in the second one. It's so weird. If you if you read the books, they were a little bit more spread out on terms right. of like the stories. But yes, and I so I can't I can't go through summer without thinking about the second Sister of the Traveling Pants movie. And the other thing that I can't think I can't not think about during the summer mm-hmm. is this show, The Last Five Years. Specifically, a song, <laughs> "Summer right. in Ohio." Summer in Ohio, um, right? But yeah, so Tay. Talk to it's me. It's so funny. It fe- I don't know if it feels summer to me. It feels more like wintry spring to me, this oh, show. And I, I think that. because, so the first time I found out found out about yes, this show was, was, when, was when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to make sure I get my, I think it was in, in 2015. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when the movie came out, I was very excited. Obviously, the cast is incredible with Jamie Jordan and Anna Kendrick. I think they're so talented and yes. incredible in the movie. And I think the movie is maybe ooh, maybe the best <laughs> musical movie adaptation. One of the best, at least. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just so it's well, very well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, 2014 is when it officially premiered. Um. But I remember what, because I watched it when it came out on like video on demand or whatever. And I remember, did we watch it together? Okay, that's I don't I know if that that's was the first time yeah. you watched it, but we watched for yes. sure we watched it together at, at my sister's apartment. Yes. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that was the first time I watched yes. it. Yes. 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 And it's also been alongside Hamilton, a very big part of my wife and I's relationship because this is a show we both fell in love with. And, um, we both sing it all the time. It was a part of our vow. Like there's a line that's a part of our vows. Like it's a, yeah, it's a very big part of our relationship. So it has a very special place. I actually don't, I think what's funny about this show is that there's different recordings and this is about all shows that have multiple recordings. There's different recordings that people prefer I listened to the movie recording. That's the because that's the one I fell in love with, and that's the right. one that I listened to the most. But I know, pe- like people love the original, obviously, and people love the revival with Betsy Wolf and Adam right. Cantor. Yeah, and um, I think there's a West End um, recording, and then there's the movie. So it's very it's interesting to see all these different. But I'll, even looking at the page here, there's been so many productions of this show. Like that's crazy i didn't realize how many there had been but yeah that's kind of my way into the the movie was my way into the show i had not really heard of it it's like writing wise of uh you know we'll talk about it jason robert brown it's like one of the most brilliantly written shows of course by the fact of that it's a non-linear story and it's non-linear storytelling is very difficult to do when you're in stage form because, for example, I, I think I may have talked about this before, but the Little Women movie that came out in 2019 that Greta Gerwig directed. My favorite. Amazing. Barbie coming out, you know, coming out <laughs> soon. I already have my tickets. Um, Greta Gerwig did nonlinear storytelling in Little Women. And the way she conveyed that very eloquently and amazingly, in my opinion, was that in the future, everything was in dark blues and obviously people's hair was up so they looked older and things like that and when you were in the past it was very light and fairy like I would say and very like fun and the the deep like the colors were more like deep red 
and yellow and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which is so much easier to do on film. And when you're in a musical on stage, it's a lot harder to be like, well, now we're in a different time. Like this is like five years later. It's just mm-hmm. it's so, so interesting and fascinating how he came to do this. It's crazy because I just saw the new Wes Anderson movie, Asteroid City. Mm, yeah. And Wes Anderson is famous for famous for so many things, but a lot of a lot of what he's famous for is completely breaking the fourth wall, but also mm-hmm. having like fourth walls within fourth walls, if that makes sense. Like having mm-hmm. a play within a play or a show within a show kind of situation. Right. And it even in those moments, they're able because there's kind of a narrator sort of and Mm -hmm. we are reading it as if it's a reading it there are moments where we know that the scene is changing and Wes Anderson decides to tell you the scenes are changing this is scene one Mm -hmm. through four and then you're gonna see scene six through eight and clearly time has passed right Right. and you know that because of the scenes but you also know that because maybe a narrator has told you and the beautiful thing about this show that is really interesting and potentially doesn't really exist in a lot of other shows, let alone musicals, is that it's in chronological order. Mm-hmm. So like, but one story is forward chronologically and the other story is backward chronologically and they meet in the middle. Mm-hmm in the actual middle of the show, not like in right. the middle and then they all have a future together. No, like these right. stories let's pass each other in the middle. Mm-hmm. In time. Um, it's in time. so it's, brilliant. It's amazing. It's like, it's like annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Okay, so let's tell them. Um, let's tell them well, wait, what is your what oh. is your way into the show? Oh, Please oh, tell oh. me. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I'll tell the audience because Taylor already knows, really. I remember Taylor telling me that we really needed to watch this movie <laughs> version of a show um, <laughs> so far back we go <laughs> because um I yeah and he was like Jeremy Jordan's in it this was the way to get me to literally do anything like you could have told yeah. me Jeremy Jordan was at the bottom of like a soup can and I would have eaten soup <laughs> just to see yes you know what I mean? there he is yeah there he is cute yeah. and Anna Kendrick was big at the time also mm-hmm. and I remember yeah, coming off of I think she'd already done into the woods Yes. And she had done, you know, a lot of musical things. I mean, she'd already been on Broadway, of course, as a child, but. And what's so funny is that I remember sitting in your sister's apartment and I think it was Valentine's Day. I think it was. And it's you and me and our mutual friend and then Hannah, your sister, and maybe Kayla and Mary at the time was in the room, but I don't think so. And I don't think my wife was there. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, but she might have been. But it was, I remember sitting there. This is a story about like love and also failed love. And it's right after Valentine's Day. And this is after, you know, like this is the middle kind of of my spring term at Drexel Mm. University I traveled like seven hours on the train maybe eight hours on the train and it was a wild and crazy time for everyone's friendship for different reasons and I just remember watching this show feeling so many emotions I didn't actually know I mean I knew I had these emotions in me but I have never experienced for the first time so many emotions all at once from watching a musical. Like Everything I really, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> I really think it was the moment that like 
every like I don't know the hormones were right or something or I had a really mm-hmm. I mean everyone knew I had a crush on one of the people who was there so it was like really <laughs> just like a lot of factors happening right and um yeah I just remember feeling completely undone and also how beautiful something so sad can be mm-hmm. and also how beautiful it and it was in general and how fragile relationships are and I just just my little tiny brain even still now mm-hmm. really has a hard time grasping at like just how amazing the snapshot of a actual moving relationship is with this show and mm-hmm. one thing I'll also say because I grew to love the music and love the show and I went back proceeded to go back to Drexel and tell all my friends about it and then there was a girl we knew who was in a local production so Whoa. I went to see that was That's crazy fun. I know um and, and this is a two-person show so I'm guessing she plays Kathy. she plays Kathy and she <laughs> yeah. was amazing wow that's amazing and then um fast forward to like when I moved to Nashville I was I moved for a partner and I did not know how much they liked musicals or not and I was trying to figure out how to educate them on musical theater and like the savage woman I am I was like we're we have to watch the last five years we have to watch Mm -hmm. and he had never seen this musical and also was like what is it about I was like you're gonna love it it'll be fine but I'm gonna also cry my whole way through this movie And at the end, he was like, that was beautiful and sad. And why did we watch that? Yeah. And I, it, it was so funny because he was like, I think I'm still very moved by that musical. Like he would, mm-hmm. he would talk about it for a while after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this musical does something to us because we know what relationships are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something, not to jump ahead to the ending of the show, of course, but there's something so sad, but also hopeful about this, the ending of this show that is like, I don't know how Jason Robert Brown captured that. Like, Mm -hmm. and of course, because the show ends with Kathy and the hope of their relationship and Jamie with the end of their relationship. And so I think that that mix in between of you of like, oh my gosh, like this is what a relationship can be, but this is also what a relationship can, like you can have both things. It's just so yes. interesting. So yes. interesting. Yes. It is not like a mu- movie or a musical that you walk away from and think I'm depressed now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's not like Les Mis where everyone dies at the end. Although I, I would say Les Mis is ends on a somewhat of a hopeful tone. But this, I agree. this is it, it gives you that moment of like, oh, my gosh. Like and yet it gives it, it's basically a, a two person version of Hades town in terms of this idea that things are cyclical and the and relationships are constantly about people passing each other in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that that is still impactful, even if it's not sustainable. So yeah. I think we should talk about the writer of the show and also the premise, like how yes. this came to be, mm-hmm. and then talk about how it has never been on Broadway. 
Yeah, wild. Let me read this little synopsis here, if you don't mind. We've talked a little bit about it. The story explores a five-year relationship between Jamie Wellerstein, a rising novelist, and Kathy Hyatt, a struggling actress. The show uses a form of storytelling in which Jamie's story is told in chronological order, starting just after the couple have met, and Kathy's story told in reverse chronological order, beginning the show at the end of their marriage. The characters do not directly interact except for a wedding song in the middle as their timelines intersect. <laughs> crazy. Wild. So crazy. And as yeah. we said, it's it's written by Jason Robert Brown. Lyrics, music, book, lyrics, yeah. music all of it. All of it. Um, most famous for 13. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but also uh, The Bridges of Madison County, Parade, obviously, Parade. which came right. to mind after... You know, we've talked about that a lot um, in for the Tony, this recent Tony Awards. The very first time I ever heard of Parade, I was watching an interview with Anna Kendrick for this movie. And she said, oh, Parade's my favorite musical. And she was like, I remember learning about that show and sitting and listening to the cast recording for days and days. And that's when I knew I was like, Anna Kendrick's just a theater kid. (laughs) She's a theater girl. That's why we like her. Yeah. She's just a theater child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so amazing. But the premise, which yes. I think is what is so wild, the basis, I should say, the source mm-hmm. material for this so crazy. musical is actually inspired by Jason Robert Brown's own failed marriage to mm-hmm. Teresa O'Neill. Neil? Yeah. Niall? Neil? Neil. I'm going to yeah. say O'Neill. And um, her name's Teresa. Yes, I said that already. So they sue. Well, so O'Neill sues Brown after the first, I guess, reading or maybe after the first off-Broadway production in Chicago in 2001. I don't know when the suit takes place. I did not lawyer myself into this moment. Yeah. But basically, she said it breaks an NDA that they signed after their divorce about not disclosing personal facts about why they got divorced, which is wild. And then Brown, Jason Robert Brown sues O'Neill back and is basically like, you can't interfere with my creative activity here. Yeah. My creative process. I don't know what got settled or if there was money or if the lawsuits got dropped, but what I do know is that it did impact the musical itself so there was a song that I could be in love with someone like you makes sense. That's mm-hmm. a lyric also still in the, in the musical and um, changed it to Shiksa goddess. So uh, Teresa O'Neill was a, is, is an Irish Catholic. And um, so they changed the, they changed all the references to Kathy being that way um, to try to make sure. Not that create the, similarities. Right. Yes make sure that there was a little bit more inspired by instead of based off of a true story. You know, what's funny about this is that like, she could have just like not done anything. And then this wouldn't be written in a Wikipedia 20 years later. (laughs) (laughs) Also crazy though. Like just crazy. Talk about art being a way that you process your feelings. And and I think it's very interesting because Jamie, although, you know, I don't know how much of this is Jamie is actually Jason. I don't really know. Well, I, I will never know because I was not a part of their romantic relationship. But mm. like Jamie is not the good guy no. in this show. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I feel like O'Neill didn't need to sue Jason Robert Brown <laughs> over this. Yeah, he's not really painted out to be a hero in this story. And that's no. I think that's a very interesting take as the writer to paint because because Jamie is a writer and so is Jason is a writer. Yeah. And so yeah. Very, very interesting. And the show, I mean, I think you can't not make similarities to because it literally is about a couple. Obviously, we don't know their inner workings of their relationship, but right. I'm sure there is some truth to, <laughs> to some <laughs> of the show. Can't, there can't not yeah. be because we you know how you feel like just experiencing this and being like, oh God, a gut punch. Right. Um, I cannot believe you said that where you know that that has to be a real thing mm-hmm. that someone said in some way, shape or form. Right. It really, rem- I always say it reminds me, of course, this show came many, many years before this movie, but the 2019 movie by Noah Baumbach marriage story. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. this, Rachel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Adam driver and yeah, Scarlett Johansson. That feels like the movie version of this musical, like, and vice yeah. versa. The musical feels like, yeah, like That's they're fair. very in tandem. Um, as far as shows and movies and a musical and movie. Yeah. yeah. So I want to briefly talk about the actual production history and then I want to yes. get your, your thoughts on your favorite parts, how music, you feel, yeah. your yeah, music, all that stuff. But um, as I briefly mentioned before, it never went to Broadway. It still has yet to go to Broadway. It never debuted gone. in 2001 in Skokie. Illinois. I don't know what Skokie is, but it's a place. And it started on my birthday in 2001 through July. I know. Cute. And Lauren Kennedy played Kathy and Norbert Leobutz, our favorite. Norbert. (laughs) Played Jamie. And then in 2002, it went off Broadway in in New York. Um, And it opened March 2nd, 2002 and closed May 2nd, 2002, which is once again, a very short run short. Yeah. um but um norbert lear but still playing jamie and then sheree renee scott which is crazy yeah, played um, scott. Yeah. yeah played um kathy, kathy. which is yeah. amazing and yeah. it did win a drama desk right for best um, music it won right. yes and then it was nominated for i think four or five mm-hmm. so that was in 2002 the first time it was off broadway and then there was a revival in 2013 off Broadway at Second Stage Theater, and that's where Adam Cantor and Betsy Wolf um, were mm, in the role. Great cast. And Kathy. Also, this one is my favorite cast mm-hmm. recording. Right. Um, and then in 2015, they had a little concert production in San Francisco, as mm. the two of them as well. Um, it didn't run that long off Broadway. I think it just. I, I think it was a limited run. Mm. Um, and then in 2016, very important news. It was yes. off in the West End, off West End, if you will. And none other than Jonathan Bailey. Fierro himself. Fierro himself. Yeah. What's his name from Bridgerton himself? Yes. Um, and Samantha Barks as Kathy. This is wild, low key. Yeah. When, yeah. Did the, when did the Les Mis movie come out? I know we talked about 2012. Okay. So this is it's four years later. Yeah. And um, I do listen to Jonathan Bailey's audition tape of this. And mm. I like his version of Shmuel song a lot. Ooh. Is there Ooh. a cast recording of this? 
I don't think so. I listen to it on YouTube. Okay. Um, But I don't think I've seen that if I didn't believe in you. But yes, which is potentially his version of that. And I think the one that you've seen, if it's a video, Mm -hmm. um, is that's his audition. That's his call, like, or a callback. His callback. Wild. It's so good. Yeah, so I really crazy. like him. Yeah. So, and anyway, it has been all over the universe, including, mm-hmm. but not limited to Germany, London, Hong Kong, Edinburgh, Seoul, Barcelona, Sweden, Denmark, N- Norway, Finland. Den- oh, I already said Denmark, wow. Ireland, Madrid, Poland, Mexico, Melbourne, mm-hmm. Israel, Stockholm, Turkey, uh, Johannesburg. Athens and yeah we already said Germany so so many places besides Broadway itself (laughs) arguably maybe the most like all around the world show we've talked about I mean maybe like Lion King and Les Mis and Phantom but like definitely the biggest off-Broadway show we've ever talked about Yes, and the film, like, for it to be an off-Broadway show and then for it to be film, have a film, right, is actually pretty crazy, I yeah. think. Very little shop of horrors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in 2016, September 12, 2016, there was a concert to benefit um, for the Brady Center to prevent gun violence that was um, performed by Cynthia Erivo and Joshua Henry. <gasps> And this, I'm pretty sure, yes, and what an amazing cast that was. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can watch the whole thing, at least clips, but I I think I watched the whole thing. Oh, yeah, you can watch the whole thing. So we'll put it in our show notes. Um, It's really good. It's like the day or two days after the Tony Award, or maybe not the Tony Awards because it's in September, but it it was after something big, and you can tell that Cynthia and josh are like tired <laughs> oh no because they because he was in carousel at the time and she was in the color yes. purple yes so yeah. yeah but they're still both amazing i mean they're oh incredible. so good yeah. okay yeah oh, amazing i mean the, okay. the video of her singing still hurting has a million views on youtube no so. i cannot i'm right out immediately after this i'm gonna be watching that yeah that's all I'm going to be doing. I had other things yeah. on my agenda for tonight. Not happening. Yeah. Just that. That's what you did. Put it, put it in on the TV and then watching it. Um. Okay. It's this show. I don't even know how to talk about it because I just love it so much. So can you tell me, I don't, what your favorite part or favorite song or how you just tell me, tell me some things about it that you enjoy. So there's 17 songs all together. Um, in the show and obviously alternate between Kathy and Jamie and then the two songs the one in the middle at their uh, when they come together for their wedding and then the one at the end of the show Um, and then there's some overlapping of a miracle Mm -hmm. would happen and when you come home yes to me I it's really hard because I like both of their all of their songs pretty equally but I may wager a little bit more to Jamie just because I can sing them actually <laughs> and I can like they're in my range yeah um but I absolutely I used to not really like Shmuel song but I love the Shmuel song so much um and I love if I didn't believe in you love that song mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. obviously nobody needs to know it's very problematic and <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> and a lot. I mean, it's a great song, but wow, it's a lot, especially she, in the movie. Because her, like, just in case, spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, but, spoiler. Yeah. yeah, especially in the movie because you like see the girls coming in and out, and it's like, oh, this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's something so sweet about like the next ten minutes and the finale. Um, but I do. I mean, I, again, like. Almost every song is amazing. Like, a part of that <laughs> is so, so good. Hard. See, I'm Smiling is, like, mm-hmm. even in, the, again, in the movie, just to see it visually, it's like, wow, this is incredible. And um, I Can Do Better Than That was one I didn't really used to like, but then listening to it more, there's so many parallels from the beginning of the show that are in I Can Do Better Than That that are amazing the you you and nothing but you that comes mm-hmm. back from Sam smiling that it's like whoa whoa um it's it's just from top to it's in my top five of my favorite shows which eventually Rachel and I are gonna do a top five favorite Rude. shows on the show <laughs> I mean we've I'll talked about that sick. yeah but it's in my top five for sure and it's it's truly one of I think it's one of the best things that has, and and it's such a like cult show too. Like I feel like not many people know about it. I mean, it did gain more attention when they had the movie, but even still, I think it's such like this community. Like if you're a theater lover, like you know the last five years. Like it's so special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what part of what you're saying, Taylor, I realize we should probably say too. There was, I don't know if there was a moment when, um, but there was. I feel like a Tumblr thread or something <laughs> Love it, where Reddit. <laughs> we, we were all trying to listen to the songs just in order as they came, but with the opposite, like instead of just having listening right, to in it chronological in order, order. Right, right. We would listen to it in chronological order, but with just listening to Kathy's song. So you would start mm. at the end for Kathy and work your way through and just listen to her songs or start at the beginning with Jamie mm. and work your way through mm-hmm. just listening to Jamie's songs or the other way around, like where you would start at the end with Kathy and work your way through and, and, and vice versa with Jamie. And what's crazy. And I know we've talked about this. Or just that, do the whole story from start yeah, to finish. That's yeah. That's what I mean. Which you can yeah. do. Which right. you can do and should do. But yeah. it was, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, even though mm-hmm. it ends and starts the same way. But what's mm-hmm. crazy is the echoes that you hear once you start, once you know all the songs, the echoes you hear of the other person, even though they're not in the song, mm-hmm. like of their songs, even though they're not yeah. in there. Yeah. And it, it, there's a lot of callbacks, but in like the music, it, I don't know how much Jason Robert Brown studies Alan Menken, but there is something very similar in the recall, but mm. without it being overt. Like in Alan Menken shows, the mm-hmm. the the sound is very overt. I know that mm-hmm. we're you're recalling me to part of your world. Like I know that we're having this moment yeah. of recall of something else, or even another production that he's done. But with Jason Robert Brown, it's it's so subtle because it feels very fluid. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is in an interview in like 2005 that I looked up this week. Jason Robert Brown had said that he actually sees this musical as 14 one acts. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. So it's it to me, it's so cohesive. It's like an Mm. artist who made the best album, like where you're like, yeah, "Yeah, this album goes together. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I thought about it more as like 14 one act production scenes. Which makes me think of Company. That's what it makes me think yes. of. And which which that's funny because it says here, and then I'm reading on Jason Robert Brown's Wikipedia page, that he said that Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, and Sunday in the Park with George were his two biggest influences as a mm. theater writer. And if if not for them, he would have joined a rock band and tried to be B- Billy Joel. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. very funny. I'm glad he yeah. didn't. I know, me too. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't, it's hard for me to pick a favorite song. Um, it's funny you say that you didn't used to like the Schmoll song because I also didn't yeah. used to like the Schmoll song. No. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh shoot, this is really good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the playful nature of it or there's something about knowing what a really like knowing how complicated a relationship is and then needing to ease the tension by just like creating this other thing or, or, you know, maybe it's a metaphor for something else. I don't know, but it's just very interesting and I love it. I also, I was going to say, I love it because it's just, you're seeing this. Oh, excuse me. I hit my mic there. Um, You're seeing this, especially when you know the show, you're seeing Jamie like try his heart like literally his hardest to try and uplift his significant other in like yeah. the the way he knows possible like that's the only way he knows possible is through a story which Ka- with Kathy is like kind of eye rolly at which I really love but he's it's also just like what I love about it is that Jason Robert Brown it's not just a funny story to be like and it is funny but it has so much to do with like the themes of the show. Yes. And just like Jamie as a character, like there's so much about Jamie as a character within that one song that it's just, it's so brilliant. It's again, it's like annoying. (laughs) It's annoying. And also it's so like, even though we're not, neither of these people, I think we can relate so hard to each of these characters in a way that is not always possible in musicals. Like I see there are times there's like, yeah, there are a lot of the, I can do better than that song. I'm like, Oh man. Um, Or like, yeah, there's just a lot of things. See, I'm smiling Mm -hmm. where I'm like, wow, I really relate to some of the things that she's saying. And Um, there's things in Jamie's character. I mean, obviously we're absolutely, but, but like, even he says in, I mean, his whole, the reason, I mean, I do want to get to this at some point, but he does cheat on her and he talks about a lot about how like you didn't, you were basically feeling sorry for yourself to Kathy. And that's why I, I couldn't give any more. You didn't want any more of my love is basically what he was, he's trying to say. And I think a lot of people have felt that way. Like people have people that that's not a, an excuse to cheat, obviously, Right. But it is like, I always, I think I've talked about the show. There's like on this show, I've definitely talked about it with Rachel and not on the mic. Mm-hmm. I've had there's like excuses and explanations. It's not an excuse for his behavior, but it is an explanation of him being like, you, it didn't really feel like you were excited about our relationship anymore. It didn't really feel like right. you were excited about anything. And because of how your career was going and mine was going better than yours, which yeah. is a real bummer. It's it's very interesting because definitely the first time that we were sitting in Hannah's apartment watching this musical, which was my first time. Shout out to Hannah again. Hey, Han. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I definitely felt 
worse for Kathy. I felt like she mm. was the victim. And mm. then after listening to more of the songs and seeing it done in a stage production, I think also really mm. helped me shift from feeling bad for Kathy to realizing like she also has, she's also got a lot of shit going on yeah. and is not making space for someone else. And there, right. and what is the hardest to watch as a third party is you're like, you're not communicating. Right. They're like communicating right. and they're not communicating mm-hmm. and they're not talking about it. And you're like, ah, and well, that's what's again so interesting in about. And you're like, yeah, I know how this works. Yeah, that's what's so interesting, even about because at the beginning of the show, she kind of is a like she is. You're kind of seeing her as a victim. She's being played as that. But at the end, because it ends with her at the beginning of their relationship, she really, even when you look back, it's like she really isn't like she is. She does have a lot of stuff going on, but like she she really isn't like as much of a victim as the beginning was painting her out to be. Yeah. Which is very interesting. I think the um, harder is that there's been an action. I think this is the difference, an action right. by Jamie that reads as to the audience. This is the, the moment where everything blew up, where mm-hmm. you chose something else. And in reality, what the, I think what Jamie is offering also in the last song is that you didn't want like you we you weren't having me either you weren't making space mm-hmm. for me i tried mm-hmm. i can't rescue i tried to rescue you. you exactly yeah i can't get you out of your own head i can't be here you won't let me be here so i can't be and mm-hmm. it's it's just gut wrenching low key it is so just, sad yeah it's so sad and yeah. so beautiful yeah, I wonder if you know if in our in our in, in our wildest of dreams we would have JRB Jason Marvel Brown here to talk yeah. about, and I would ask him Never like, thought. do you think if they had therapy, they w- mm-hmm. they could make it like their relationship could make it? And I wonder, yeah, if that is possible. It's it's like it's like the you know you see movies of like people. It's fun to think about like character. Or would these characters end up together in yeah. ten years even? And I think that's hard specifically at this one because they did try it and it didn't work. But yeah, it was a long period of time. This right. is also what's so interesting is that this is the time span is five years of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a lot in that moment to mm-hmm. have the building and the crumbling of a relationship. Right. And I, I I think your question is super valid. And maybe I would ask it a different way of like, is this a moment where these people are just so different? Mm -hmm. and trying in different ways that no matter if they could communicate better, they didn't want to be present towards each other, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because therapy changes how we relate to people and how we see ourselves, but it doesn't necessarily change the core wants of our, of ourselves. It's the daughter of a therapist. How we, (laughs) right. Yeah. It probably changes more about how we articulate them, how we understand them. And of course, a lot of really good growth can happen. Obviously. It also doesn't change like people's actions. Like it doesn't change what Jamie did to her. So. And I would say the secondary question is if you don't build your relationship at the beginning with these communication things that would be Mm -hmm. set up, then it seems harder to me that at at the end, right? Like after they 
are like when things are really, they're really separate. Like therapy is not going to, and maybe they did see a therapist and and maybe didn't help them. Yeah. Maybe that was a song that was cut. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but every time I think about, cause I equated that to marriage story. I remember the conversation being at least in my family's household. Cause we did watch that movie together. was like, whose side are you on? Like, are you on Scarlett Johansson? Are you on Adam driver? I kind of feel that way about this. Like, it's hard to not be on Kathy's side because Jamie did cheat on her. But I mm. think like we were saying, like they both have equal, like she also didn't give into the relationship as much as I think he was wanting her to be. Um, so do you have a side that you do you have, or do you go back and forth? I definitely like, go oh, back I, and forth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that it's this moment for me of which narcissism am I allowing today? <laughs> Yeah, because Jamie is so overtly narcissistic Mm -hmm. and like also he's proud of himself. So there are things about it that are like good. Right. And he maybe doesn't know how to deal with success and fame. Right. You you Mm -hmm. even hear that. in like when he's like, I am gesticulating with my left hand when Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm trying to tell people that I'm married and that I'm here and doesn't know how to like actually be. Yeah how to deal with all of these things that he's never dealt with before because he wasn't famous at the beginning of their relationship. And so, but yet he's like very, in my mind, overtly narcissist. And then you have, then you have Kathy who is very throwing herself a pity party the whole time. And, Mm -hmm. and, and the, and her root cause of even in the second, in the second song she sings, I can do better than that. Right. Second song she sings in her own chronological order would be like, she is comparing herself constantly to other people. She Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be stuck. She doesn't want to be where she is in the relationship to Jamie. Like if Jamie is moving forward and she is stuck, it feels even more than it actually is because her root desire is to never, ever be stuck and never be like those people who are stuck Mm -hmm. at the mall in her hometown, right? right? Like, and that to me also doesn't read as like understanding how to celebrate the success of your spouse or of your partner. Right. And so they're both, in my opinion, kind of narcissists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A kind of three, you could like listen to this or watch this, watch Marriage Story, but also there's a movie on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie with um, John David oh, Washington yeah. and Zendaya, yeah. which is also <gasps> kind of... They're all kind of about marriages and yeah. and relationships and yeah and like saying things that you maybe don't mean in the moment but you're you're caught up in the heat of the argument or the discussion or you do um, mean them in the moment but you don't mean them overall. True. Yeah. I think culturally and of course like within your own confines of your partnership you have to decide what you're okay with and what you're not okay with obviously Mm -hmm. but culturally we have been told that cheating is the worst thing you can do in a relationship I think we've been primed to think that yeah and I would argue there are a lot of terrible things you can do in relationships and cheating is just one that we often see happen Mm. yeah that's a whoa that's like a truth bomb right there thank you I don't want someone to cheat on me either oh my god no and I I would never, you know, I, if I, if this was happening to me, I could not get back with Jamie. That would be right. the end for me. Right. For right. sure. I get, I get that. And I think that's mm-hmm. why this reads as so tragic. Like it's so tragic. Mm-hmm. Both of them 
in this moment. And what's even more challenging is that you see he's out of it and she is like infatuated with him mm-hmm. because the stories are in reverse chronological yeah. order. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I think I go back and forth as well, depending on how I'm yeah. feeling when I'm listening to the album. Yeah. And it is one you can kind of flip through and listen to whatever, but it's so fun to listen to it all just all in one. Absolutely. Um, and that what I also, I just love the music of it. Like some shows, like it's just like the lyrics and the music is like fun, but the music of this is like its own character almost like yes. it really is. It is the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and if you're in tune with, if you're listening, you know, what's great about Jason Robert Brown and, and also of course his influence being Stephen Sondheim is that they really, they really want you to sit up and listen and like not be, they want you to be engaged in their piece of theater that they're presenting to you. And I think if you're really listening to, you know, obviously the album, but also when it's live in front of you, like there is so much you can get from just the music yeah, and the, and the motifs that we've talked about and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, love this show. I love this show. I know. I love this show. Yeah. And okay, the, so that this my favorite part of not my favorite part, but part of the reason why I love I think about this show during the summer is definitely a summer in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's that's just such a fun, ridiculous song. It's so fun in the movie too, because you get to see so much <laughs> and you get to see yeah. the the fiddler on the roof and the and the Anita and the yeah and the it's snake. so good yeah and the snake yeah. so good so good I think we did it I feel good I think we did it everyone Great. needs to go listen to this you can listen to the original cast recording you can listen yeah. to uh, the Betsy Wolf version you can listen to the uh, movie version it doesn't matter but you yeah. know what you need to do is you need to go listen to it right now and or watch the movie tonight mm. monday night that's what you're doing um and call us up let us know that's right yeah and recently the last five years in may of this year had its premiere in athens greece for six performances mama mia so amazing mama mia oh and a 20th anniversary concert with norbert leo butts and lauren kennedy was took place in may 2021 and is on youtube so maybe Ooh, we'll add that to our show notes as well lots the of YouTube lots of versions you can watch yeah, um, yeah. don't be you don't use not and there's video there's YouTube. videos of the original um the original norbert leo butts and sherry yes. scott as well yes yes yeah so good oh rachel i love this show so much I do too. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I just wanna I wanna hug you. I wanna hug the show. I wanna I know just pat each Kathy and Jamie in the head. In five years of our show, we'll be talking about the last five years of our show. So (laughs) we can do a rewind. Yeah. It's like a Tony's rewind, but with our own theater nerds rewind. Yeah. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> character, character of the week. Uh, that's my new jingle for. I like it. We got to come up with a jingle. Yeah. We talk about this every week. That's right. So, this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So, we think, how are we feeling? What have we been up to? 
what kind of shenaniganeries have mm, we been doing? That's right. And what theater character in the theater universe represents mm. the same kind of thoughts, feelings, or vibes? That's right. And we would also love to hear your thoughts on all the things about Camelot closing, on yeah. Andrew Barth Feldman and all of his escapades with Jennifer Boy. Lawrence and Rent. And um, also, of course, the last five years, the musical, the deep dive that we talked about today. We would love to hear all those thoughts and your characters this week that you guys are feeling like. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week and you may get a shout out on a future episode. Rachel, would you like to hear my character this week? Please tell me. Yeah. Okay. So this week I am bending the rules just a little bit again. Um, So I'm not a character from a show, but I'm actually a song from a show. That's who I am this week. And you know, it's summer. It's so hot in Virginia. It's It's ridiculously sticky and hot. And although I recently went to an Ed Sheeran concert and it was actually very pleasant and we were outside and it was wonderful. Um, but I digress. Uh, it Where is so Ed Sheeran was also the opening act. Yes, Ed Sheeran opened for himself, which was amazing. <laughs> Iconic. He came out, and again, I'm I'm going on a tangent. He came out, and he was like, he was like, I haven't opened for people since like back when I talked about my MySpace page. So like every time he finished a song, he was like, Go follow me on MySpace, everyone. Like, oh, it was so great. It was so great. <laughs> so I love funny. him. I know. Okay, so it's very hot outside, and that makes me feel, when it's hot, you know, it makes me feel like I want to go jump in the pool and just do a little dance in the pool. And that's why this song in particular, (laughs) in the movie, 96,000, that's right, that's what I am right now. They had that big dance sequence in In the Heights, and that's why I'm just feeling like I want to do a little dance number in a a, a pool because it's so hot. So 96,000, that's where I am this week. Okay. Also, link in the show notes to the clip of that pool scene because it's too Amazing. good. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they shot that. But, like, no. I just don't know how they did right. it. Amazing, Rachel, Taylor. who is That's your awesome. character this week? I'm also bending the rules. And Ooh. my character is not technically a character. It's someone who's mentioned or something, I'd rather, that's mentioned in the musical that we just talked about. Because I, too, was thinking about how hot I am and how mm. I literally said today at work how I wish I was a reptile because maybe I would enjoy the sun a bit more mm. and enjoy being this hot. And that's right. I'm Wayne the snake, the stripper <laughs> snake. From the last five years. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. Oh, I don't so know good. how we're gonna find a photo yeah. for this, but oh, it'll be it'll be great. great. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah, I can it. do some sleuthing. <laughs> some slithering, if you Wayne, will. Wayne the snake. So good. So good. Uh, so good. Yeah. We're always bending the rules here on Theater Nerds. So yeah. whatever you feel your heart desires it's this whatever week. Whatever you feel. That's right. If you guys would like to join in on our discussion on the last five years or anything else, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week.
Will you share your life with me for the next 10 podcasts? For the next 10 podcasts, we can handle that. Literally, me earlier when I was like, can we just figure out our schedule for the next few recordings? Yes.